Welcome to episode 78 of the Thoughtcast Conversations about Animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, coming to you from northern Minnesota. And today I'm joined by my brother, Dawson Elke, joining us from St. Paul, Minnesota. How's it going, Dawson? Joining you from southern Minnesota. It's going good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, lots of activity. I know it's uh, ever in the news. Uh, your neck of the woods. I mean, you you are right in St. Paul, as far as I know. I'm not trying yeah. to dox you too much, but right. No, yeah, yeah. I'm in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, a the neck of the woods. The is there a lot of woods around here? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I guess there's lots of trees. In the north is the real woods. Mm-hmm. The, um, but here in the south, in King's Landing, there's always, um, always. Always news, yeah. Um, I'm looking at a snow fort right now outside of my window. And I'm looking at a snowfall. It's uh, glum and gloomy, and it can't decide whether it wants to be rain or wants to be snow, but... Yeah, it's uh, it's a small replica of the... Um, what is it? The the Great Wall, the Black Gate. Oh, the, the White Wall. Um, white Wall? The, the, no, the, the Wall. The Wall, it's, yeah, it's the just wall. the Wall. The Wall. <laughs> castle black on the wall mm-hmm. um, um yeah yeah we had a lot of snow um i wasn't out in it but we've got visitors from california right now our sister <laughs> and her boyfriend and so they've been outside enjoying the snow a little bit especially elliot um, and it was almost in april where a visitor from california would have gone okay yeah april springtime right <laughs> But Minnesota, true to form, says <laughs> no. Winter is now and forever until someday. That's uh, why we call it the Thodcast. Um, yeah. That and, you know, we uh, just listened back to our previous episodes. We've actually been on a bit of a kids movie run for a while. Hence, more or less. I've been out. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, okay. Uh, we're we're going to like kids movies. But, yeah. yeah dive into some other things though here we we like to talk about all kinds of stuff not limited one of our more we're going to talk about one of the biggest animated movies of the year aren't we definitely um yeah one of our like more listened to episodes on soundcloud you know whatever those statistics mean like is uh when jody and i talked about um godzilla king of the monsters so we have was you and jody yeah i think it's just why isn't she here for this um she's i she um i don't think is free right now she's busy because i never saw king of the monsters or skull island so i am here on an island of you know i saw the original god well (laughs) original godzilla in 1941 no i saw Hmm. the latest iteration of the reboot of the godzilla franchise no i'm not latest you know what i mean i saw godzilla Hmm. 2000 16, okay so the and now here i am for kong, for kong v godzilla and i'm yeah ooh. the disregarded godzilla is the one from is it 99 or well 98 roland emmerich roland emmerich's not um i believe 1998 godzilla the matthew broderick ultimate version of godzilla i don't care what you haters have <laughs> to say that movie defined a generation even if it's only a generation of one that being me <laughs> you got the crap yeah. out of that movie we, we did watch it quite a we bit watched it, all the t- it was like jurassic park or godzilla which dinosaur movie did i want to watch 
Um, yeah, and we had <laughs> merch. We had like a cool towel. I know, and I don't know. Yeah, my beach towel. <laughs> the beach and towel. And the fishing rod. Oh I yeah, had a Godzilla true. fishing rod. Um. Yeah, ninety-eight, but. Yeah, it's it's been fairly disregarded by the fa- Godzilla fan base, which is very substantial. The the Godzilla fans are pretty rabid, um, and it's it's a long-standing f- franchise from Japanese film studio Toho, uh, originated back in was it '54? Did I say here in my notes? Okay, it's a '67-year-old franchise. Um, so I realized when I was researching that figure. Um, it celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2004, which is 17 years ago. I, I can't, a person born in 2004 is turning 17 this year. Person born when mercenaries it's came sickening. out. Sickening. <laughs> <laughs> you hounds. That might have been when Millie Bobby Brown was born. Um, I don't oh, know. I'll look up her page no. here. But uh, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, when Millie Bobby Brown showed up in this movie, I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be 11 and like forever 11. Like, well, she needs work. You know, I, she can't stay the one character forever. She do- does she deserve the work, though? After I this think one? she I- does. I love Millie Bobby Brown. I haven't seen that Netflix um, Sherlock Holmes thing that she did. Enola, a word that I can't stand saying. Um, it's like Ebola, but oh, with no. an N. Enola, Enola, it doesn't roll. It doesn't roll off the tongue. But yeah, I haven't seen that either. I I don't know what else she's done. Um, but she's uh-huh. fine and strange. I mean, she's she was mesmerizing as eleven in the first season, of course. Yeah. And, um, she Holy. seemed pretty. I don't want to. No, she's great. I have no. I have. I'm, I do not want to take a poop on Millie Bobby Brown. She's perfectly fine. Yeah, presence. that's about. I thought that's about all she was. But maybe it's just because it's the movie and the human characters didn't matter in this one. No, I. It's, it was hard to make things really matter um, on a, I guess, terrestrial level. Um, Millie Bobby Brown was born uh, February nineteenth. Same. I'm a, also a February as well. So. Uh, kudos and in 2004 so yeah you wow nice yeah you know i i enjoyed these more than transformers um you know there have been four of these monsterverse films so far godzilla versus kong we're talking about warner brothers and legendary pictures yeah i gotta say this one made me ask what have I been missing? Like it made me really want to go back and watch King of the Monsters and mm-hmm. Skull Island, um, both of which I've heard are, are really fun films. But I, yeah, I had certain enjoyment from Skull Island. There's some really cool like action set pieces and using creative like weapon choices on the part of the Kong, you know, character Kong. He's kind of an ingenious uh, primate. Yeah, he's uh yeah. It, this was the battle of the primate brain versus the lizard brain, and I loved it. <laughs> That's good. That's going deep into some of the metaphor. Um, that, well, that, I mean, we're this. I, <laughs> we, I mean, I can't wait to talk about this with you because, like, it's gonna be not deep, and also no. Yeah, when they went to Hollow Earth, I want to. I don't know. I want to spend some time on that. We with won't you spend because, too much time in general, yeah. but like, yeah, there's 
there's some cool concepts that they explore here. Um, and, you know, you can sort of pick it apart if you want to go that route. Um, you know, I, I really like Ryan George and, and the um, pitch meeting videos that he does for Screen Rant, especially because oh, they're yeah, I've short. I've seen a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the cinema sins, they're like 20 minutes long. It's like, I don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but like he makes fun points and joke. It's just, and it's all kind of ridiculous. Um, because if you want to explain something within the confines of these, you know, far flung narratives, you really can, especially with like all the uh, symbolism surrounding radiation and fantasy technology, aliens. You know, there are aliens in these movies. Monster Zero from the previous film, uh, Ghidorah. Uh, Ghidorah is uh is like stated to be from another world Ghidorah's monster i'm i'm obsessed with the idea of Ghidorah. i mean when i saw the trailer for kong king of the monsters i'm like kong fights a three-headed dragon like hmm. the idea of a three-headed dragon existing in the real i mean it's just absurd and awesome in in the high i mean i love dragons mm -hmm. and you know the like but is he's not a dragon in a in a like a medieval fantasy context. He's a dragon in a monster movie context, which mm -hmm. is so epic. And I was really curious what on earth was gonna what were Kong and Godzilla gonna eventually team up to fight? Because like Ghidorah seems like the most powerful <laughs> entity in the universe in the yeah. known universe so far. I had no idea he was from another world. That's that's incredible. There's so much fodder for potential with the series. It's tantalizing. <laughs> Len, let's um, you know, put up a little flag for spoilers. It, you know, this movie has been out for a couple of weeks now. It's available on HBO Max, also in theaters. Um, but yeah, like today we get to raise the Mecca. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so take our uh, pilgrimage to Mecca, to, to the Mecca Godzilla, shall we say? <laughs> um, wow, that's yeah, funny. That, that was sort of the. Um, big reveal in this film um and and why not um especially when like there's always the question of well who wins godzilla or kong well they who did they you did think who did you think would win and who did you want to win well if they didn't introduce the the you know main antagonist at the end like i i was kind of hoping kong um <laughs> just because uh <laughs> he's the human he, yeah you know? he's more human he's the good guy mm -hmm. um i wanted godzilla to win just because I, I he's got the flame nuclear breath and he's got a dragon hide and he's got but he's just more threatening than mm -hmm. kong um but i figured kong was gonna win because he was a good guy I was delighted that they actually did pick a winner in this yeah. film. That was a big surprise. I was like, in, they're going to fight, and then they're going to team up against something. Mm -hmm. And they did team up against something, but there was a winner. Oh, I, I loved it. <laughs> and it was, well, yeah, do you want to? You can, yeah, we can get right into it if you want to. Or, um, well, we I, already announced spoilers, so. Godzilla, yeah, is has been kind of a, you know sympathetic character to some degree up to this point i mean it's these are such weird i don't know 
um mythology shall we say uh, can you enlighten me and our audience philip like as you followed these films what's the what's the lore of the the monster verse so far what am i missing i mean this movie does a pretty good job of you know wrapping it up in terms of like explaining what's going on because you don't see any of that inner earth stuff in the previous films they allude to it, it that they're building, they they're trying to get there. Like where? Because the question is, where are all these monsters coming? Where from? could they where be are these hiding? Alphas? Yeah. How could this be in any way plausible? Um, also, like the issue of collateral damage and all these. You know, how can these monsters be treated with any degree of sympathy if they're trampling on millions of humans as they go about their day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I I I'm. It was kind of refreshing to see a movie where they didn't really address that. I don't I can't even remember if there was a moment where they were like, we have to evacuate Hong Kong, which is, you know, the headquarters to this corporation, Apex Corporation, um, which they did have a little bit of forewarning. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think they did. Um, there was more more so about the Pensacola when Godzilla mm -hmm. They were like, oh, my gosh, he's attacking a human settlement. Well, like, he usually doesn't do that unprovoked. Yeah. So, But, um, it, you know, that was pretty self-explanatory that he's, you know, mad at this corporation for tapping into the the power of the Titans. Um, I don't know. They, they seem to have, like, some eyeball or some core or sphere like like from portal <laughs> i don't know yeah hidden at the pensacola base um but like it also seemed like they had been testing mecha godzilla for some time as well so i don't know i guess that was maybe just a new new part that they were building in pensacola and then transporting it via the their uh <laughs> lift to china <laughs> it's so interesting they're treading on the exact same territory as pacific rim yeah. just in a slightly different way mm -hmm. there are giant monsters and in order to confront them we need to build our own giant monsters um oh yeah so yeah the, they do that that's where mecha they create mecha godzilla and it's like so mm -hmm. it just i mean i the whole time i'm watching the movie i'm like going how the blank on on so many levels first of all how did they make the film like how did how did they animate all the the buildings the destruction the monsters like i want to watch a behind the scenes so badly of this yeah. film mm -hmm. and then and then how the in the like so apex we know they're they're a corporation that and we're dealing with really advanced sci-fi technology but in a modern day context mm -hmm. and they're using the brain they're using the powerful brain of Ghidorah to have a human control this you know giant a mecha god it's like how do you how yeah. do human be like I just watched a video of um MIT or whoever it is you know they built robots that can not only walk on two legs but dance on two legs and that's amazing like the fact that we've been able to create a robot that can move about bipedally yeah is an achievement yeah. But to see giant mecha with rocket thrusters and mm -hmm. fine motor function and like, it's just how, you know, how did humans develop this? Like, what is going on? It's, but it's so delicious and you yeah. the brain. I guess they're, trash and they're yeah, meeting a four, you know, 
they have to rise up to meet this force in equal proportion and and it makes sense because you can't nuke godzilla i mean you can't nuke the titans because if you nuke them then you then you not only kill millions of humans you also well godzilla he's immune to nukes right because he's a radioactive creature yeah i think radiation is part of what awoken uh uh, the the titans what what awakened the titans was um you know human exploration of nuclear technology so so it kind of messes with the the timeline of course and you can launch all the fighter jets at zilla you want and it's just they don't Mm -hmm. do anything so yeah yeah it's weird that they flew close enough for godzilla to smash at least one of like multiple of them i think it's like the dumb pilots yeah whatever (laughs) this felt this movie felt like um and a ride like an imax Mm -hmm. ride where uh, we're flying up the body of kong and zilla now (laughs) like and then swoosh swooping over his shoulders yeah. and it's like why are they so close to him but yeah so like i really wanted to be strapped into one of those seats at you know an amusement park oh, where you, yeah. you move along with the the flying i mean they literally could make a ride where what was the, the heaver is what the f- special flying space machine they made i'll go with that i can i've just yeah, got the anti-grav the- uh, device they needed a, a special yeah. space plane to travel down into hollow earth Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it looks like you're in line at Disney World or Universal Studios to go on the the Kong versus Godzilla ride. You're gonna mm-hmm. go on the space plane to Hollow Earth, and then mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's gonna, yeah. So, which I love. I love it. It felt cool. like a ride. Well, it was a ride. Yeah, I'm sometimes that can get grating or excessive but um they, they did a good job sort of pacing this out i feel and uh, making the fights you know seem coherent yeah i wasn't annoyed by the absurdity of these monsters fighting over a city i loved it and i i don't know why i mean i love pacific rim i i haven't seen the second one but the first one is you know a classic um you know you've got um what's what's the director's name the the oscar winning no uh, pacific pacific rim uh Um, del toro um guillermo guillermo del toro um and that was also co-production between warner brothers and uh legendary i think um, unless I'm mistaken, hmm. but I, I, yeah, I think these are all legendary pictures, franchises, you know, Kong, Godzilla, and Pacific Rim. So they, they theoretically could like cross over, but legally, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, they would have to switch things up with uh, the storyline. And this right. was kind of a nice wrap up to the four films that so far exist within this legendary Godzilla verse. Do you think it's they're going to make more? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, they haven't overperformed um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, underperformed. Oh, no. And I don't know about this one. And everything's up I in think, the air with COVID. I, well, I think this is going to be a, a massive success. I, I've heard more about this film than any of the previous MonsterVerse movies combined. Okay. I, I think I the tone that I'm getting from just people I know and the internet is like 
this is exactly the sort of entertainment like people are starving for right now. They like okay. we've been trapped in our houses. We've not been talking to anyone like, you know, the news is dire and everything's glum and the world is on the verge of catastrophe. And mm -hmm. and we just want to see monsters mess each other up like yeah. Um, and I, and I love that it, it became a meme without the studio trying to force it into being okay. a meme, like people going, whose team are you on? Are you on Kong or Godzilla team? You know, yeah. and like people, it, it started organically without the studio, like trying to force it into like okay. marketing or something. That's yeah, the this, sense I get. Um, you know, it has an estimated budget. They have some box office info on IMDb, a budget of 200 million. That's a lot, <laughs> but you can see why <laughs> when you watch it. Um, so far in U.S. and Canada, yeah, it's grossed seventy million, and worldwide, yeah. Uh, but worldwide, it has made its money back three thirty-eight. So wow, okay, doing fine. Is it big in Japan? And like, I mean, because Godzilla is their baby, and. Kong is our baby, I think. So, um. <laughs> I I imagine so. Maybe not to the degree of the Japanese produced Godzilla films, but mm. more so than uh, the the Emmerich film. Um, <laughs> and, and I I love you know Independence Day from 1996. You know immediately he went from that you know Emmerich and Devlin, his producing partner Dean Devlin, um, and, and writing partner I believe as well. Um, you know, you can see the stylistic similarities between those two films. You really can, yeah. I had no idea for so long that Independence Day was a bad movie. <laughs> um, well, no, no. In, well, Independence Day is is um, well regarded. There yeah, are, yeah, it has its detractors. Right. I, it was fun to to watch the Red Letter Media review of and and just because I hadn't seen Independence Day in so long, and be like, mm -hmm. oh wow, there's like a there's a faction that sees this as like the hackest of hack film ever made, but I have yeah. only fond memories of it. So it, um, I, it, it, although <laughs> I think Emmerich has a certain magic to him where he, he has the ability to create a blockbuster ethos around a film without spending the same level uh, budget wise as uh, most like big budget directors like that's kind of how he got to be this blockbuster director um you know stargate was kind of made you know on, on a mid-tier uh scale but had sort of an epic blockbuster feel and, and stargate, well. okay yeah yeah he that was prior to independence day um and and like the casts, you know, there are these big ensemble casts, and in Godzilla, particularly, it's mostly like unknown or you know lesser known, like sitcom actors, um, other than Matthew Broderick, uh, and then you have Jean Reno, uh, <laughs> is the French, you know, the French the French guy who chews gum. Yeah, I love that. He's a big name, um, I think, in Europe, but. Um, I, I actually listened to an interview that came out this week um, with Hank Azaria. Um, and most people, I would say, maybe are familiar with him. Um, you know, he was in that, uh, that awesome, like, underdog superhero movie back in the day. Uh, what was that called? 
I'm the... vaguely familiar with Hank Azaria. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and he, he's a voice on The Simpsons. Um, why, why am I? But um, he, you know, he didn't mention Godzilla, I don't think. But like, um, I was listening to the Dax Shepard podcast, which, of course, you know, I, I'm listening to a podcast by the husband of Princess Anna. <laughs> yes and a host of the new american top gear oh yeah um, that's exciting and he's great at that so yeah. i i watched an episode and it, it was awesome so um mm -hmm. yeah that he you know he's a very charismatic actor and he, that kind of comes through in godzilla and I, I thought he was good in that but you know there's the story of how in order to cover up the visual effects um and the um creatures only on screen for like 11 minutes <laughs> in that film total uh but it's entirely sh like filmed in the rain uh because yeah. you know yeah to, to obfuscate the poor visuals <laughs> mystery oh. men mystery men sorry oh mystery men it, emmerich did that no that was no. uh that was one of Hank Azaria's other live action roles that I can think of. Yeah, I I love Mystery Men so much. Um, yeah, Blue Raja. He played Bartok in Anastasia. Bar yeah, the, okay, this guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, Sorry if we um, got off on a tangent. Um, no, 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 not a tangent at all. This is uh, this is cool. Um, but like we have, we both have fond memories of that old Godzilla movie from our childhood <laughs> yes well no and so i wanted to then transition into talking about um terry rossio how, oh. what, how much do you know about terry rossio philip um i mean he's usually a partner with ted elliott um in the screenplays that they write for i mean a lot of mainstream films have been co-written by the two of them but Terry Rossi, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't know much detail. Yes, and I don't either. Yeah. All I know is that when I saw this guy's name on the credits for the story for this film, I went, oh boy, no way. Because oh, um, yeah. he has written Aladdin and then continued to write for Aladdin with Return of the Jafar in the TV series. Mm. And then went on to a little film called Shrek yeah. um, and The Road to El Dorado. Uh, and also, I am have IMDb pulled up right now, and he is credited for the story of 1998 Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So he worked on that one with Roland Emmerich, and then when who, whatever powers that be decided we're going to make Godzilla again, mm -hmm. instead of going, well, we obviously don't want to be anything like that 1998 Godzilla, so let's find someone else. They went to the guy partially responsible for the 1998 yeah. Godzilla. And what the heck? Um, and of Terry Razio, I, I know him mostly from Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse mm -hmm. of the Black Pearl. I mean, yeah. Yes. It, yeah. That this, put them on the map significantly. This guy's and National Treasure, uh, Book of Secrets. So the second one. I don't know if he worked <laughs> on the first. 
Oh, oh, is that a problem? Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was some capital uh, joke writing, right? Keith, <laughs> improv skills I right there. Don't remember the second National one at all, treasure. except that um, mean guy like fought on top of George Washington's head. Uh, I, I mean, your your joke, your your pun, you know, the national treasure. He is a natural treasure, oh, and that was yes. like one of his other biggest credits. He has um, also Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Liar's Dice, the video game. Um, okay. He was, uh, I'm sorry. But so, yeah, and I, I don't know anything about him or him mm -hmm. and Ted Elliott. Uh, well, know. Ted Elliott was not credited on Godzilla versus Kong. No. I just want to make that clear. So, right. uh, but they're, I don't know if they still work together or not. Um, yeah, but, but Terry Razio, um, and he's scheduled for an untitled Pirates of the Caribbean project and Johnny Quest, which is, okay. that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, so is Ted Elliott. So they, they do still, okay. well, actually they, they would get credit for any Pirates of the Caribbean moving forward, presumably if it's in any way connected to the existing franchise, because I, you know, they originated some of the characters. So, they must have just given up on Pirates of the Caribbean by the <laughs> fifth one. I mean, the fifth one was so bad. Did you see that? Uh, I have not seen the one with Javier Bardem. Um, I almost want to watch <laughs> it again just to like make sure it's as bad as I thought it was. But uh, I feel like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like people who've seen that movie barely remember that they've seen that movie. <laughs> That's so accurate. <laughs> it's uh, <like> Teflon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so just because you're a great, you know, but I mean, the guy did Shrek, like, come on, the Shrek and Pirates, that's so wild. Um, we have to talk about Shrek this year because it turns 20 this year. Yeah. And it's on Netflix now. Okay. Right. Well, dang. I, I don't know. Well, so my wife texted me a message and a picture and she was like, there's no way, but it was a, it was a screen cap of Netflix announcing shrek being on netflix mm -hmm. and what netflix said their the tech the caption of the announcement was shrek is love shrek is life <laughs> and there's just oh. no way official corporate netflix like that's so great that. They That's, can't like I refuse to believe. I, I love it. But you have photo That's evidence. That's the most shocking. Yes. That's the most shocking news. Of the day. Like that has to be fake. I love that. I think things like that have happened in the past too on Netflix. You know, someone has a little fun with the with their uh, scripts on their various uh, headings. But yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that probably won't last forever. Um, well, unless it does <laughs> we're getting off topic so the next film godzilla versus kong versus shrek um no uh anyway uh yeah godzilla versus kong we should get back to that and then yeah probably not. well yeah i mean the the you know there were some fun characters here but ultimately there were two really fun characters in this <laughs> um do you like the the deaf girl um that, yeah. yeah, I so was that it? And I did, I don't know how much was established in the previous film. Was Kong Skull Island? Did it tell the story of Kong being taken to the to Broadway in 1920? Like, or was no. it? He never was, leaves the island. Okay, he never leaves. It. They come to him, and it it takes place in modern times. Tom Hiddleston. Um, and, in the 70s. Um, oh, Brie Larson. So, Tom. Yeah. 
Um, okay. John C. Riley plays this marooned uh, fighter pilot, um, and he is, you know, taken care of by the tribe. They're not super hostile or anything. Um, they're they're known to be peace a peaceful people, but they were um, largely wiped out by a storm. Um, I don't know. There was some kind of storm that came and ravaged the island, Skull Island. Um, and, and, and then, yeah, I don't know. No, and then what? Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean well, I, I think uh, Kong saved uh, this Gia character, and now that's his one connection to, I don't know, family or, or any sense of family that he might have. Gia is a child in this film, right? Uh, <laughs> And so how could they establish her if Kong Skull Island took place in the 70s? Uh, I guess she is uh, his last remaining member of the tribe, that heritage. Um, so. But she's a child in this movie. She's like yeah. 10. So how could she have been? They weren't wiped out until more recently. Oh, okay. So G is not established in Kong Skull Island. No, no. No, no okay. The tribe is, yeah. Okay. Is the, was the the Gia's mother figure character established in mm, Skull Island? I Were these know. all new characters? That's, I guess, the simpler way of asking. Um, yeah, in this film, I mean, you get Ch Kyle Chandler returning and uh, Millie Bobby Brown returning. You hear, you know, I, I recognize... Oh, because she was in the previous Godzilla film. Yeah, right. in the previous Godzilla. Um, they used the voice of um, John... Goodman in the opening credits I, I recognized mm. um, and I think maybe some other characters from the previous film. Ken Watanabe's character died in the previous film but his son is the Japanese you know, pilot of the mm. you know the, the Mecha Godzilla Ren Sarazawa is that character's name and he should remember you should always drift with a partner <laughs> yeah <laughs> From Pacific uh, Rim. Yes. Um, he tries to pilot that Mecha Godzilla by himself and it backfires. Anyways. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I like the Bernie character. It was a lot of fun. Um, the podcast conspiracy guy. Oh, yeah. They tracked him down so easily, but I, I mean. He, he works for the company. And so how secretive could he be? But yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, he's a, you know, he's gotten pretty big lately. Um, there was the the newcomer kid who was from Deadpool Two. Julian Dennison played the Kiwi Josh. Yeah, the Kiwi yeah. kid. Kiwi kid. <laughs> Josh. Um, I couldn't. I didn't know what to make of the. Like I mean, he'd been used the whole time, and then brain blast i know what yeah i can't hack the password oh i know what i'll do i'll pour the whiskey on the computer i didn't know what to make of that because it didn't seem to even really do anything I, like you know i mean i was ridiculous. i was i was gonna be annoyed if it kong and godzilla teaming up didn't kill mecha godzilla but stupid kiwi kid that no one cares about like saves the day come on <laughs> yeah that didn't what? seem like enough liquid to really do anything no yeah he thing. just pours <laughs> it on the keyboard and Tiny the whole flask <laughs> but like that's exactly the sort of thing i don't care about when watching a movie like this um okay. i'm just i'm just mesmerized mm -hmm. by the fight um 
and they were epic. Yeah, there's a you know a cliched sort of defibrillator sequence involving the you know the anti-grav ship. Um, so you yeah, know, stuff like that. Yes, the anti-grav ship shocks Kong, brings him back. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was. I was again. I I couldn't be more thrilled that like they established that Kong that Godzilla beats Kong. Um, but they still need Kong. Uh, he, he wields a weapon, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's intuitive. Okay. I want to talk about hollow earth real quick because yeah. they go there and it was awesome. And I was really intrigued by like what they could do with that in future films. I loved the flying snake monsters that he fights there. Yeah. I think they're called in D and D they're called quaddle or something. Um, <laughs> and, uh, now then Kong goes into his, kingdom he goes into the tower of Beradur that his people built with like i mean i that didn't look like monkeys built it when he went into the throne room like there was a throne <laughs> and there were arched doorways like in moria or something like it looked really lord of the ringsy to me and like yeah. very not ape built but like very civilized advanced civilization built you know mm. kind of did, did you get like was that I, I that was crazy to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, if there was a civilization other than the ape creatures, because um, where did those tunnels you know, go? Those arch tunnel or those archways yeah. that had like light? It seemed, you know, were they smaller than the than Kong? Like they were designed for more human sized. Yeah, uh, I couldn't beings. get a good. I couldn't get a clear picture of it yeah um, i, I or, can't remember i it seemed fine to me that like kong's species had, were, was maybe more intelligent at one point and they, and they were and they were intelligent enough to make big like statues of kong too yeah like yeah i mean statues of themselves a sort of advanced giant ape you know just like mm-hmm. bare, like almost human at that point you know proto human neanderthalish even like we can but I mean, carving a statue—that's that takes some. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. So oh. that's interesting. Which it would be cool if they explored that lore and, like, you know, in Hollow Earth there was, you know, maybe there was an advanced race of aliens or something who like worshipped the Kongs as you know, and you know, the Kongs protected them from the dragons or some crazy whack. Yeah, it's it seems kind of natural that there would be some humanoid civilization also within that hall or yeah, the hollow earth environment. Um, it's, I mean, they could blend the journey to the center of the earth universe with hollow earth easy. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, that'd be kind of fun. The logistics of like getting to hollow earth or like Kong escaping. I can't even remember that sequence. It didn't feel too far fetched when it happened. You know, uh, Godzilla burrows into the center of the earth with his Godzilla shoots his laser 3000 feet into the center of the earth and hits exactly where Kong's throne room is 3000 miles, 3000 miles. Sorry. Um, Well, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was buck wild, uh, um, absurd, amazing nonsense. Uh, I did he know how to locate the exact positioning based off the pulsing at Kong's axe pulses with radioactive energy yeah. from 
the Godzilla back. It's amazing. Yeah, some, yeah those uh, gems get reawakened. You know, there's that uh, opalescent um, mineral <laughs> that gets activated, I guess. Uh, and then they're able to copy certain weird, like, quantum properties or uh i guess yeah the 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 radioactive properties of that material get uploaded to the surface so that mecha godzilla can be fully functional <laughs> it's all very uh you know interesting <laughs> yeah Computer, yeah mumbo jumbo uh you, that that one character had a hilarious death the daughter of the yeah hot lady um yeah i was hoping like yeah they wouldn't be too like sadistic with her death you know assuming that she did die at some point during the film because none of them deserve it like they didn't set up any characters as like you didn't hate them you know she was an she was annoying and and you know mean and wanted you know whatever but there was no villain that was just dastardly like the head of apex he didn't i mean i would he didn't do anything where I was like, oh, yeah, this guy needs to die. You know, I was like, I get it. You're trying to build a Godzilla fighting machine. Of course. Like, good. Um, that was cool and awesome, though, when the Godzilla turned on. He had a smarmy, sneering personality, sort of. So he came off as a bit of a villain. But, you know, uh, otherwise. Motivated by good intentions yeah maybe uh, maybe had had a point <laughs> uh, but you uh, in the end we uh, we should trust godzilla and and the notion that he's not just going to wipe out the planet which you know he wasn't as far as we knew <laughs> but i guess there were more creatures besides godzilla who might have had ill intent and there was, you know, there was like, yeah, that weird wormhole thing that they had to transport through the first time they went to the center of the earth from Antarctica. But then that idea, I don't know, maybe that Kong transported through another one. I can't, I can't remember. Well, I saw it a they, weeks they went up, did they go up the Godzilla hole? This went on their way out. They went in through the hole in Antarctica yeah. and then Godzilla blasted a hole to the center of the earth. And is that what they traveled up? Yeah, how did they make uh -huh. that that track? Kong, yeah, because he Kong, yeah he came up and yeah how did it would have been a straight vertical? Maybe Godzilla was too tired to blast Kong while he was climbing up. <laughs> well, yeah, Kong like, had his um, does Godzilla's pulse weapon need to recharge, or does he have unlimited um, Dracarys? <laughs> I think he needs some kind of rest period after using it um the blast three thousand miles into the earth <laughs> yeah it's not like you know infinity device <laughs> unless it, it like a this highly efficient energy source or something i mean it, i don't know zero point energy <laughs> zero point <laughs> that's um, good so yeah, um, ultimately, I don't think I have much more to say. <laughs> lots of lots of fun colors with the Hong Kong skyline um, LEDs on buildings. Is that what it looks like in real life? I All think those LED outlines to some extent. Yeah, like that's become pretty popular lately. You know, hopefully, it's not too like 
Yeah, they probably shut them off at some point during the night so that they aren't a, a nuisance to uh, residents and birds. Jillian mentioned the soundtrack. She was like, "Is the are they trying to like why did Kong vs Godzilla need to feel like Stranger Things?" Like she was like, "Millie Bobby Brown is in it, and then the synth, the like music was eighty synthy, and the like neon color lights was like eighty z." There was, you know, and I was like, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I'm all for that. I didn't really notice the soundtrack, the soundtrack too much here. It was good and monstrous. It was what a monster fight soundtrack should sound like. But there was a lot of like, yeah, synth, you know. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. I remember it being synthy. Um, um, it was no Tron soundtrack, but. They didn't have Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, you know, AKA, <laughs> you know, all, all his names he's had over the years. Um, the, the Godzilla 98 had a bunch of pop music tie-ins. No way. Know on the the sound you know the pop soundtrack that came out you know on cd compact oh, yeah. and there's that fun song by puff daddy where he samples led zeppelin it's called come with me it's pretty awesome it's hard to find you have to like search it on youtube it's not on like spotify streaming but yeah yeah, <laughs> it's epic. Um, the, the the song Cashmere by Led Zeppelin has got that string intro, just that driving. It's very orchestral. Yeah. So it's like, if if nothing else, that that's a highlight. But I think it plays just at the start of the credits. And and I think I remember you know Godzilla Roland Emmerich film having kind of a fun orchestral score as well. Got Independence Day has a great score. I believe David Arnold was the composer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I just felt so bad for Godzilla at the end of that film. Yeah, yeah, they and really... They tangle uh, him up in the bridge wires and then he falls over and he's like... Mm. Put him or or her, I guess. It's yeah. ambiguous, but, you know, I, I guess he's like he's a, got eggs. a sexual, re, you know, reproduction going on with, yeah, the the, eggs. <laughs> the offspring of Godzilla. And that was scary. It, that See, that was like, do I want to watch Godzilla or Jurassic Park? Because like, there's the, the big T-Rex monster, but then there's those little monsters. And it's real scary. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that movie had an interesting like, unveiling as well you know on upon its release where like there was this big massive um critic showing at madison square garden and like they had you know regular attendees as well and really like, it, it was just this uproarious thing where people were like ecstatic in their seats at this spectacle that was godzilla 1998 and like the the ending set piece at madison square garden and then the chase you know to the brooklyn bridge and like people got really caught up in that at this special screening in new york and uh, a lot of critics gave it just glowing reviews coming out of that wow. that later revised down in some cases <laughs> They were like, they went back. We we're like, whoa, 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 wait, listen. We were like riding a little high at the time. It's what? That's crazy. Yeah, I guess yeah, maybe they had one too many Mai Tais or something. I, I, may, I know I'll need to rewatch it. Or is it is it worse in hindsight because just this 
the effects haven't aged well because Godzilla looks really what's the word kind of janky yeah and that yeah i mean not by today's standards but like back then i was Mm -hmm. sold i i mean yeah and now he looks like he's been rendered in you know like on a green screen or something and yeah that these modern effects are definitely a big selling point um you know it's not the first time the japanese sort of aesthetic of Godzilla has been attempted in CG. Um, I mean, they've originally it was like a dude in a costume. And I think they kept doing that for a long time. You know, 1963 dude. Godzilla versus Kong is a thing. Apparently I saw yeah. a clip of in research for this podcast. That's um, right. Yeah. They, the oh. two of them have appeared together in the past. That was a Japanese film, I believe, or like a Japanese American co-production, if I'm not mistaken yeah um hilarious wild did people Um, think that was good back then i mean it had its fan it it had its charms and like back then you know the people the films were so limited in their ability to communicate a sense of you know scale and epic action you you just look at any movie from that era and, and the pacing of it and the you know, Jason and the Argonauts, for example, you know, the, the Harryhausen films that have that crazy. Uh, Watch that. Yeah. I just saw a video of- clip that was um, Jason and the Argonauts mm-hmm. with an improved, with a sped up frame rate in 4K. Or I something. watched that too. It looked you really did? Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. I, I was like, wow, that holds up. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's crazy, like, to think that. Um, you, you could really revitalize some of these old movies through simple tweaks um, using modern technology. But yeah, at the same time, you know, what are you losing in, you know, understanding the language of cinema from back in that era? Right. Well, like if they released a Jason and the Argonauts, you know, remaster, it should come with the original. Um, I mean, and a fun feature something that some modern video games are doing like uh, Diablo 2 resurrected it's hilarious uh you can play through that and then you hit G I think a key oh. and it reverts instantly back to the original um graphics from yeah uh that's cool and that's so fun to me and I think even like the Ocarina of Time 3DS game might do that uh there's I remember, um yeah, Halo upscaling Halo up, yep yeah. yep Master Chief Collection does that exactly um yeah, uh, yeah that that's... for every game but because you know no. sometimes when they re- remake a game in uh, sort of the modern um game engine they they change more things than just like you know the the uh the graphics you know there's yeah i'll be honest things. i don't understand remasters at all like how is it how can you switch between the old and the new like whoa yeah i don't know it's cool i guess they just try to keep it the same like scale so so you're not you you can you know theoretically um undergo the same yeah are they using the same engine just like no well yeah i i guess they adopt the original graphical style into or, or they um 
you know, transfer it into the updated engine so that, because I can't imagine they can switch between engines during gameplay at the push of a button. Right. Um, but, you know, there's a difference between, of course, like the HD um, just remastering, I guess, and and the full on like reskinning of some oh, of these games. Yes, Monkey Island was the was the game I actually played where you could do that. You yeah. switch at the push of a button between the two. But like Shadow of the Colossus, you can't do that. You can't. Um, yeah. And Shadow they, of the Colossus, yeah, it had an HD re-release on ps3 which was mm-hmm. just the ps2 build but upscaled but, but the but the ps4 remaster was they remade the game if i'm not mistaken yes like, okay and then i'm a, i'm guessing diablo 2 resurrected they didn't remake but i don't know how because it looks very different i mean well, the, well, okay the yeah they probably did are, remodel everything right they remodel yeah they remodeled everything but like uh, the skeleton is a the skeleton is identical. Okay. The f- muscles and flesh are are c- totally just upgraded, you know, mm-hmm. to look. I gotta I'll have to check that out because yeah. I do love Diablo too. And I, I I love the original. I never finished it ever. It just there it always got by act three, it was just too hard. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Um, but yeah. I, I'm a bit skeptical of some of these like re uh, masters, uh, you know, in HD because like s- sometimes they're oh, a same. bit glitchy, um, although they, they do look really nice um, if if you're looking at like a static screenshot. But yeah, a lot of. Mm-hmm. Did you play the Shadow of the Colossus PS4 remaster? I have yet to defeat the final boss, but. Oh, wow. I, uh, well, yeah. What do you think? overall of just that um, that happened like the, yeah it looks great um i wander looks a little iffy <laughs> just yeah a... <laughs> he looks baby-faced compared to the other one or like he looks like toy story uncanny valley some or something yeah. but you don't spend too much time looking at his face anyways um no but like yeah. i would always after beating every colossus in the ps2 game i'd run up to um uh mono's body and then mm-hmm. turn the camera you know in so that it butted up against the shrine and then yeah. it was like this close-up and it was i mean he just always looked so uh, he had he had an there was an expression on his face that i don't think was accidental i mean i think it was very intentionally like vacant and just yeah you're you know? absolutely right um Mm-hmm. so yeah uh sometimes but, yeah the smallest things can make a difference yeah oh he's so just determined but vacant and sad and yeah you know intense um and yeah and then the gradual as he gets more and more mm-hmm. consumed by you know whatever's going yeah. whatever's happening soon yeah, yeah he no, looks I, more determined in the original version and in the new one he looks just kind of blank <laughs> Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, and the, yeah, the I'm currently playing through like the Ratchet and Clank games on PS2, and they're looking great on PS2 via upscaler, an HDMI upscaler mm-hmm. um, that you know I've connected to the HDTV, and uh, you know those games did have HD remasters on PS3 that look really well, but they or look really good, but 
there's like tearing that occurs during the cutscenes, and the music doesn't quite, um, you know, it, it was it wasn't mixed properly. On the wait, on the remaster or the upscale? Sorry. On the uh, on the remaster slash upscale. Oh. Yeah, the, um, I guess the original Ratchet and Clank sort of got a remake on PS4, um, yeah. but that's it's a very loose remake of that original Ratchet and Clank. I'm just talking about the first mm. four games on PS2 um, that that I have played, I, or I played the first three in HD on the PlayStation 3, but those those uh, remasters have little glitches uh, hmm. that I just didn't like. And so I, I just connected my PS2 to this uh, HD converter and um, and it looks fine, you know, playing through, uh, you know, you connect your component cables uh, through, you know, the, the PS2 into this. Well, the, the, the those games, right? made such good use of the ps2 graphics and had an art style that just seems like it would stand the test of time mm -hmm. um kind of in the same way that a lot of the zelda games are they're careful they they never want to go like full realism because they they want to that i mean that an easy way to stand the test of time as a video game is to not try to be photorealistic yeah and the ps2 had limited ability to output graphics like the max resolution that it outputs is 480p, I believe. Wow. So, so yeah, That's that generation hilarious. of consoles, you know, Gosh. that they weren't designed for HD, but then the PS3 era changed that. Yep. Okay, character models that looked amazing, though. The Mercenaries character models. I, they were great, weren't they? Like, uh, unless I'm misremembering, well, I mean... They were, they were good for the time. Um, but the PS2 just has a lot of limitations on what it can render. That's so funny. Um, it, it became kind of outdated rather quickly. But nowadays, like, you can make things about as detailed as you want to. Just depends on how much <laughs> work you want to put into, um, you know, making, yes. yeah, making these things look photoreal. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kong and Godzilla looked kind of CGI at times, but you know, there's no other way you're gonna be able to. Right, you you know they are, but I mean, I can't imagine anyone. Well, I mean, you yeah, it wasn't distracting. It no. was just awesome. You're like you're just so excited about like our ability to make something that looks yeah like that. And I'm curious, you know how in like. How to Train Your Dragon. There's a one shot of the giant um, dragon at the end. The bewildered beast. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, when that is going up in flames, like there's a shot of Toothless flying in and among the back plates, you know, weaving in and out like a theme park ride. And like mm. that model of the bewildered beast is ten times the scale of you know the standard size <laughs> oh yeah so I'm, I'm wondering like how much they played with the scales of the models for i was thinking that fun. too uh because so i knew from the trailers that kong and godzilla stand like as tall skyscrapers right and then in the very beginning of the movie you see kong you know the fun music plays and kong like walks out of a waterfall and is standing like 
next to some mountains. And I'm like, what waterfall is that wide is as wide and as tall as a skyscraper? Like, well, I, you know, the, yeah, the, the buildings or the skyscrapers that they sort of match up against height wise are, are sort of the shorter ones. And, and most buildings in a major metro area aren't that like super ridiculously tall, you know, like the Empire State Building, for example. Most are, you know, a third or a quarter that height. That's true. Um, and But they're still big buildings. It's just yeah. there are some of these, you know, mega structures that have gotten increasingly popular, you know, as, as cities have become more built up. And, you know, yeah, you've had the Empire State Building and you know, the one world trade center and, you know, Sears tower, all these Hong Kong is probably full of, you know, yeah, there's several of them. And like, definitely they did dwarf Godzilla and Kong as as far as I could tell, you know, some, some of those really tall skyscrapers. Uh, But then there are others that are more on the scale of, you know, Godzilla and Kong. And, but even still it it maybe felt like um, they they were playing with the scales because, yeah like when kong was on the ships and when he was jumping around on the ships like when he jumped off a ship should he have like pushed it under the water you know from that amount of force capsized yeah yeah (laughs) and he when he like climbs up he puts a hand on it and climbs up onto it that should have been like a human trying to climb up on a you know how hard it is to get on like a like a swim an inflatable raft or something like, yeah without just tipping it over yeah um That's terrible but yeah they those boats seemed a little bit um overpowered relative to uh i i mean they most of them did get totally destroyed that's true, yeah that was like, an interesting scene really tense and scary like having kong chained up in zilla's territory like mm-hmm. you know the yikes talk about a fish out of water but um and yeah, flipping the ship upside down and then re—that's Terry Rossi you know, <laughs> revisiting his uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean days. Um, yes. And then, is there any way to help Kong? Depth charges, boom! Like they—that was that happened very fast. And you know, do, do they really launch depth charges into the air before shoot? And then launching down. I, I don't know. You'd think they would I just suppose. shoot. I, I have no idea how military tech works, but. And then they, you know, they disorient Godzilla, but they don't uh-huh. hurt Kong at all. Like, okay. Well, yeah, Kong doesn't really swim. He he doesn't deal so well with water. <laughs> yeah. So that was that made the scene that added attention to the scene. That was good, you know. And but- yeah, and it was all building to a moment where you could have the scene of the two of them standing on a ship, and you know, Kong's punching Godzilla in the face. <laughs> Um, every time Kong punks punches Godzilla in the face, <laughs> you just—it's a pretty picture. It is, <laughs> um, but yeah, is is that a realistic, you know, scale or you know them being able to stand on the ship like that? There's that meme of the ship shipping ships shipping shipping ships. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it looks real that photo that they use in that that meme if you google it like but it just doesn't seem plausible that there's this one container ship 
that's large enough to hold, you know, like at least, you know, multiple other container ships that are then holding these like big oil tanker ships at the same time. How big was so, the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal? <laughs> uh, small, I think, compared to some of these other ones. I, I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe it was a massive ship. The scale, sense of scale, just kind of goes out the window when you're on the ocean. That's just that's oh, kind of yeah. the thing. The Ever Given was one thousand three hundred twelve feet long and two hundred twenty thousand tons. Okay. Um, and how long is a mile? Like two thousand uh, feet. Mile is five thousand feet. Oh, it is. Oh, I'm yeah. dumb, dumb. Yeah, 50, anyway. like 5,200. Um, yeah, it's a, it's pretty long. But, you know, the Empire State Building, you know, how high is that? Um, it's not it's not that super tall. It's like 1,000 feet or something. I, I finally did. I Googled it. I Godzilla and Kong. How tall are they? Yeah. Um, so what comes up instantly... Uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Guess how tall he was? I mean, probably 100 feet at most. 25 feet. Okay, 25 feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a little guy. Um, in 2017's Kong Skull Island, the great primate was around 104 feet. Okay. Almost four times smaller than, a, than the current iteration of Godzilla, who clocks in at 393 feet. Sure. But, yeah, um... Empire State Building's twelve hundred fifty feet. Uh, Empire 14, State is one hundred. Okay. Yeah, fourteen fifty four to the very tip. Yeah. See, this Kong is as tall as the Empire State Building versus the Jackson Kong, who you know climbs oh, to the top. A, a third of the height. Yeah. Different universes. Um, so I can see how that kind of works. Although, if they fudged it, I can forgive them. Yeah, I don't. I don't care <laughs> very much um yeah well hopefully um the listener who happens to be sticking with us to this point you know hasn't um been too um annoyed with the level to which i may have faded over the course of the episode because i haven't noticed fading <laughs> at all but it is time good. to wrap up yeah because <laughs> yeah, the, these these movies are a bit exhausting but they're also fun uh, and yeah, it's it's like being at a, a theme park. This one was a little shorter, I think, than the rest, clocking out at like an hour and fifty three minutes. Um, so it's um, it's manageable, um, and of course you can enjoy it at home in the comfort of your living room with HBO Max. So go buy HBO Max, people. I'm it's gonna a be a corporate fun. shell. <laughs> Uh, no, um, no. Go to go to the movie theater. Yeah, I it. saw it. We saw I it actually, in on IMAX. Okay, cool. Yeah, I saw it at the local theater here, so I wanted to get the full experience. Yeah, it was definitely worth seeing on the big screen with big sound, if you can. Yeah, fun times. Um, and well, it's good to hear from you, Dawson. I think we might be yeah. talking some more live action in the future. Um, I, I'm excited for Mortal Kombat. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so I'm just so happy they're trying again to do a Mortal Kombat film. I, yeah, I, I'm always thrilled to just see how people try to depict that wonderful lore. Yeah, another film that has. Um, you know a 90s you know nostalgic attempt at, at uh, bringing this glorious fiction to life um 
but yeah, if uh, if you haven't seen the 1998 Godzilla, it's possible. It probably does have sort of an underground following at this point. I was gonna say, like, with regard to red letter media, you know, they could be very critical of things, but also, I think if if you revisit some of these things through a, a bit more of a, I don't know, certain point of view. Point of view, yeah. I I I feel like people have gotten softer on movies nowadays because of like the pandemic and how we've been through so much that like any movie that had a modicum of like effort put into it now <laughs> quaint and it's it's just fun to see like all the little details that went into it and just the the various machinations yeah that that work together to bring some of these little curiosities to life like the 1998 godzilla or like independence day or or uh the uh, snyder cut you know yeah uh, i mean people are i'm i haven't seen it yet i'm assuming people are giving that movie way more passes than it deserves i mean if it's better <laughs> if it's better than the whedon cut yeah then it's like a triumph you know yeah uh, i haven't seen it yet and i i don't have any affection for that joss whedon snyder or um <laughs> justice league film really i saw it in theaters and it's like yeah it was it was like a, a sad lame version of a marvel movie kind of was, yeah exactly um, i mean there's it's fun enough in the moment but and um, i'm and i was no fan of uh, I, you know, I, I kind of liked Man of Steel when I saw it. I thought it was okay. And then, uh, but yeah. Batman versus Superman, I loathed. That was a miserable okay. movie theater. I thought that movie experience. was kind of badass, honestly. I when I saw interesting. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep hearing I need to watch the ultimate cut or the director's cut or whatever mm -hmm. the heck. Um, you know, and then, but then just well, and then Wonder Woman was great, and then Justice League was just odd and weird and lame one of them in 84 my goodness like so bizarre a triumph of no i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I, I don't know i fell asleep and i haven't bothered to go back and rewatch it I, it was just like i i feel like i've seen this movie before but it's also like but like awkward <laughs> like on tv at 2 a.m and yeah. like what is this like where yeah yeah, you know, like a, a made-for-TV movie, like those, you know, like Smallville or something. It's just it's silly. It's a Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, that movie, people love that movie. <laughs> yeah, but these silly ideas of like, oh, you you have to recant your wish, recant your wish. Recant your icon. Genie from Aladdin had better rules than whatever this thing was <laughs> yeah just nuts um they should have gotten ted elliott and terry rossio on that well <laughs> it, if they brought their curse of the black pearl and shrek guns yeah but if they brought their dead men tell no tales guns then you'd end up with something worse than 1984 i don't did um, they even work on dead men tell no tales because like, i don't know They're i think they do credited. get credit for the characters yeah, okay whenever but they probably make. not yeah um yeah who cares about all this stuff and, and suicide squad i'm excited for the james gunn suicide squad um, i'm i'm not not excited i i mean i'm more intrigued than i was for the first one for sure um first one was noise noise 
<laughs> all the noise, noise, noise. Yeah, um, I don't know. There's just certain redeeming qualities that these DC Universe movies tend to have. To I'm some degree, rooting for them. But... I'm like rooting for DC. Like, you can do it. You can pick yourself up and put yourself back together. Like, I believe in you. Yeah. Um, more metaphorical and more like cosmic in scale. But... Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's where I've I've seen a lot of that, which has made me want to like try to give try to maybe rewatch like an ultimate cut of Batman v Superman with a different lens on maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, and the well, brightness turned up. I'll, but... I'll uh, have to watch. I'm, I'm not excited about the four by three ratio on um, Zack Snyder's justice league. That's uh, a weird <laughs> thing, man. Like that's a weird choice. I don't know why i mean four by three is good for indie films like a ghost story but a massive epic superhero film like yeah lighthouse uh yeah right (laughs) (laughs) did you really want it to be in black and white is that a thing well he's a proponent of people watching it in black and white but probably also in color you know just do just do them both (laughs) sounds kind of fun all yeah. right. Well, I heard Mad Max Fury Road is good in black and white as well. Well, yeah. I keep forgetting that exists. I really want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that, you know, I, I never get tired of watching that. So. Never. Never. That is one of the top. Like, it was my favorite film probably of that. Wait, when, what year did that come out? 2000? I think 2015. 2015. It's my favorite film of that decade, probably. And is on its way to being my like it's in my top five like kind of of ever i don't know yeah Um, yeah it's so transcendent i don't know um so thanks everyone for listening to the thoughtcast conversations about animation um i'm philip uh dawson thank you for joining uh, yeah good to Uh, be here anything to plug um hidden falls made its kickstarter goal which is exciting so we're gonna work on that um this summer uh yeah shadow of the conquerors looking like it actually has a filming date shaping up so that's pretty cool other than that no um and we'll catch you later for mortal kombat (laughs) were you did you have you seen trailers for it then yeah i I like watched it only once but okay you don't have to did sell me on it (laughs) no but did you see the the version of the trailer i don't know how many versions there are but and when we were in theaters you know and saw the trailer at the theater and at the end when it goes dun 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 dun, like it does the theme it's like right as scorpion is saying his Get over here. <laughs> yeah. Which like previous iterations of the Mortal Wait, 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 wait. No, I have seen the Mortal Kombat the original Mortal Kombat movie. What a wonderful ride. And it uses it's the good. theme. Exactly. Um yeah, but no, I was worried because the games, sorry, the modern games have moved away from the Mortal Kombat theme. Like you won't find it in, in the Yeah, new it's appeared um, in some games, but not very many as far as I know. But I it's like I think it's iconic. So it's it's great. Work. Yeah. All right. Well, All thanks, right. Dawson. Uh, Dawson will be signing off. You can find Thoughtcast on various podcasting platforms. Thoughtcast.com. Find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Find Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thanks again for listening. Hopefully, um, I can edit out 
some of the more uh, gaps <laughs> on on this episode. I didn't notice talking gaps. For one. I noticed rabbit holes, but you know, <laughs> all right. Yeah, oh. I, I I like to giggle too much. I think. Anyways, uh, warm hugs. You all have a wonderful day, magical week. Wonderful week, magical day. Um, and uh, talk to you later. Bye.